If you're feeling overwhelmed by clutter, whether it be physical or mental clutter, I invite you to join me for my free five-day challenge called Re-Energize Your Home. We'll be meeting from June 3rd through June 9th for this amazing challenge where you will discover the power of shifting your mindset, the power of managing your energy, and having true support for your efforts. Let's help you reclaim control of your life and your space in just five days. All you need to do to join us in this free challenge is to go to maketimeforsuccesspodcast.com slash challenge. Again, that's maketimeforsuccesspodcast.com slash challenge. I can't wait to work with you and I'll see you soon. Welcome back to the Make Time for Success podcast. This is episode 48. I'm so glad you're here. I have loved bringing guest experts onto the show because they show us how to be successful and all the different ways that life can bring to us and give to us. The area of focus for today's episode is how to navigate the role of new grandparent in a way that works for both the grandparent and the adult child who has recently become a parent themselves. I am so grateful to my past guest, Rebecca Snowball, who gave us amazing episode number 37 about the power of yoga for suggesting that I interview her yoga student and friend, Donnie Davis for this episode. Donnie is a mover and a shaker in her own right. She has a passion for helping grandparents and parents connect in a positive and mutually beneficial way around the care and love of the new grandchild. Donnie founded the Gaga Sisterhood, an international membership organization for enthusiastic grandmas in 2003. And in the past 18 years of running the Gaga Sisterhood, Donnie has upheld her mission of inspiring grandmas to grow along with their children and grandchildren and to foster understanding between the generations. In this episode, Donnie shares strategies for building respect and trust and avoiding intergenerational conflict that are useful for both new grandparents and new parents alike. Donnie is such a bright light. I'm so grateful that she came to talk with us. So let's go listen to the episode now. Hi, I'm Dr. Christine Lee, and I'm a psychologist and a procrastination coach. I've helped thousands of people move past procrastination and overwhelm so they could begin working to their potential. In this podcast, you're going to learn powerful strategies for getting your mind, body, and energy to work together so that you can focus on what's really important and accomplish the goals you want to achieve. When you start living within your full power, you're going to see how being productive can be easy and how you can create success on demand. Welcome to the Make Time for Success podcast. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the very lovely Donnie Davis on with me on the show. Donnie and I have just met a few minutes ago. We were sorting out some tech issues on the back end and just getting to know each other very briefly. Donnie was introduced to me by the lovely Rebecca Snowball, who was a recent guest on the show. And I'm excited to get to know Donnie and to have her describe 
her expertise and wisdom with you today. Welcome to the show, Donnie. Thank you, Christine. It's so much fun to be here. I've been really excited. Ever since I heard you interview my yoga teacher, Rebecca Snowball, I said, oh, I want to be on that show too. So I am the founder of the Gaga Sisterhood. It's a membership organization that I founded in 2003 for passionate grandmas. And we've been meeting for 18 years. In addition, I have three granddaughters, 18, 14, and 7. I live in Silicon Valley. I've been doing yoga for 33 years. And I'm just enjoying life. Sounds fantastic. And I can't wait to hear what the Gaga Sisterhood has been like to run a group for that long. I don't think I've run anything half as long as that. And also, I'm just curious what you've learned along the way from being a grandparent, but also being the guide to several grandparents yourself. Yes. Well, I have met thousands of grandmas in the 18 years since I became one. And let me just start by saying how this all came about. My daughter invited me to the birth of my first grandchild. And so I was standing at the foot of her bed, right beside the midwife, when that little tiny head emerged and the midwife lifted up the head. And I swear, the baby's eyes were wide open. I looked in those eyes and we connected. I leaped in the air. Then I went running down the hall and I said to my husband, Sonny, we're grandparents. And I didn't come back down to earth for several days. But the funny thing was, when I came back down to earth, I realized I was not the first grandma to feel gaga. Every grandma I talked to was just as passionate, wanted to show me just as many pictures, and just had that same kind of love and excitement and enthusiasm for the role. But then I started to get into my role and realized, wow, this is really different than kind of what I thought. I mean, I was fortunate. I had both my grandmas in my life until I was 40. And it just seemed really natural and comfortable. They were over at my house all the time. We all lived near each other. But when I watched my daughter, everything was so different from how I raised her. First of all, she was carrying Juliet around in this wrap all day long. And she was sleeping with Juliet. She was breastfeeding on demand. The baby never cried. And the only thing was that my daughter kept complaining how tired she was. Well, I kind of knew why, but I didn't want to say, well, it seems obvious to me. And so I thought, I've got to talk to some other grandmas. And that's when I got the idea of creating an organization for grandmas like myself, who just love being grandmas, but we also need to learn from each other about how if we make mistakes, what do we do? And all the things that entail a relationship with not only your grandchildren, but more importantly, your adult children. 
I love this. What do you think it is about you that situated you to be the person who would connect grandmas together? Well, I have a very persuasive personality. And I love connecting with people. Someone once said, what's your hobby? And I couldn't think of a hobby. And then I realized my hobby is collecting people. I love to meet new people. And when I'm passionate about something, combine passion, persuasion, and just wanting to meet new people. And I guess that's, that's what it is. Okay, lovely. And what would you say have been the top lessons you've learned from this experience of knowing thousands of grandmas? I would say the top lesson that I've learned, and I tell grandmas this, you may go into this thinking this is all about you and your grandchild, but it's really all about you and your grandchild's parents. You need to create a really good bond with your adult children, mutual respect, trust, and love. I made the mistake of rushing past my daughter when I would go visit to get to the baby. And she would say to me, mom, sometimes I think you just come to visit so you can see Juliet and not me. So I tell grandmas that. I also say that you really have to be empathic. And you have to consider yourself part of the team, but definitely not the team captain anymore. It is their job to raise the children. And I just feel so lucky and so blessed that I've been an integral part of my grandchildren's lives because I've tried to do this. I've, I've been you know, I've been respectful. Okay. So are there some stories about grandmas who aren't so respectful about differences of opinion and boundaries and time and space? And how do you help them to smooth out the relationship and make things a little bit easier for everyone involved? There are a lot. There's a whole group of very sad group of alienated grandparents, which is at the extreme. That is not part of my organization, although I do have a member who wrote a book about alienated grandparents because she is one. But more along the spectrum are forgetting that you're not the one in charge, that you need to really help be supportive And also, you've got to let go of your ego. You can't say, oh, gosh, we did it this way. And, you know, it was so much better when we did it this way. Why don't you try it this way? No. You absolutely really have to just let go of the ego and say, I like to think of myself as like a curious anthropologist who's studying a new tribe and be curious, like, oh, I didn't know about attachment parenting. What's that all about? Or 
well, this is really a different kind of diet than I gave you when you were growing up. What, what's the value of this? Be curious. Don't enforce what you think is the best thing. And, and if they want advice from you, they'll ask, but don't give unsolicited advice. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. Okay. Those are some great grandparenting roles. I think so. Everyone who's listening and who might be on the cusp of becoming a new grandparent, I think this might be an episode that you might want to review and take notes when you do review. So thank you so much for sharing these beautiful words of wisdom. What about the adult children? What would you like them to know, the new parents? What would you like them to know about what the grandmas are going through? We just so want to be part of life, life with the new grandchild. We want to know how we can help. And I think this is also really important. Expectations. It's, I really believe you should have a conversation with the parents before they even give birth to the baby and say, what are your expectations? What do you want from me? Tell me. And then after they tell you, then say, well, that sounds good. And can I tell you my expectations? And then see if you can find a mutually beneficial agreement between all of you. That sounds like a fantastic strategic plan for making sure that the first conversation is done under really calm, reflective circumstances. So I love that. I've never heard that kind of suggestion for this type of circumstance, and I love it. So thank you for that. Before we shift off the topic of the Gaga Sisterhood, I would love for you to tell people how to get into the sisterhood. Thank you. Well, the Gaga Sisterhood is uh, my website, gagasisterhood.com. On my website, I write a weekly blog. I also have a newsletter called the Gaga Zine, which is all kinds of features to connect with your grandchildren. We had a storyteller last month for our speaker, and she gave us some wonderful tips on how to connect with your grandchildren through storytelling. Oh, and I should say that Basically, what we do in the Gaga Sisterhood is we meet every month on Zoom. And I've been putting on this speaker series for 18 years, basically to serve my mission or to fulfill my mission, which is to inspire grandmas to keep growing and learning along with their children and grandchildren. Because we're not grandmas who are sitting by the phone waiting for our grandchildren to call. I mean, of course we are in some way, but that's not all we're doing. And that's so important. We need to have lives beyond our grandchildren. But anyway, so gagasisterhood.com. I have a meetup group called gagasisterhood.com. Sounds great. I also wanted to let our listeners know that Donnie has a free resource that you can grab off her website too. And that's called Five Grandma Blunders and How to Avoid Them. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, terrific. And just give us the website address again. Gagasisterhood.com. Wonderful. Okay, now I think I'd like to shift 
topics because you have so many different topics that you were interested in talking about. I want to cover at least a few. The next topic is ageism. And you mentioned that you were in some sort of educational program around the topic of ageism consciousness. Please let us know what you've learned and what your eyes have been open to about the topic. Okay. It's my new passion. I heard a talk by Ashton Applewhite, who is the author of a book called This Chair Rocks. And she's given one of the most popular TED Talks of all times on ageism. After that talk, I had the opportunity to lead a consciousness raising group for a women's organization I belong to called Revel. And this is for women over 50 who revel in being that age and beyond. So I started the consciousness raising group and we've been meeting every week for three months. There's about seven of us in the group and we're all different ages. And we talk about the blatant ageism that exists in our culture and how invisible it is and how we've indoctrinated it within our own personalities and our own psyches. So my eyes have been opened to the cosmetics industry, the media, you know, so often, like I'm trying to change the stereotype of what grandma's are doing what modern grandmas look like. But you still see these portrayals of people. And our last conversation was all about Sandra O's new show on Netflix, The Chair. Have you seen it? I saw one episode so far. Okay. Well, there are three professors that are, they want to boot out. And they are shown in the worst, most ageist, derogatory perception. And so we had a long talk about that. I would agree about the way they're depicted. <laughs> it's yes. pretty terrible. Yes. Yes. It's very unflattering and it's not realistic. So I think we just need to be so conscious of, well, I had a conversation with my 14 year old granddaughter and she was saying, sometimes I feel like life is just a series of things you have to get through, you know, school, then you get a job, then you get married, then you have kids, and then you turn 50. And there was this long pause. And I said, Amelia, when I turned 50, my life changed for the better. I've been happier in this last third of my life, more creative, more excited about getting up in the morning and doing all kinds of new things, trying new things. So I said, there's life after 50, believe me. And people are afraid of it. I know a lot of young women say, well, I don't want to get old, but guess what? If you get old, you're lucky. Consider the alternative, my grandma used to say. Yes. And you're making me think that Amelia's perception that 50 was kind of near the end or thereabouts is very much shaped by an ageist attitude, ageist media. Absolutely. Um, and I'm so grateful Amelia has you, the rocking grandma in her life, which is great. So what can we do as listeners and people and women to combat ageism? 
Well, I have an Instagram post that I just created to go up tomorrow, hopefully when Instagram is working again. It's fight ageism. Stop saying senior moment. Freshmen, sophomores, and juniors have them too. That's just a simple thing. Everybody has senior moments, but why call them senior moments? Why not just call like, oh, my brain is like unwiring right now or something. But to tack on the senior part of it, there's just little things that we can be aware of saying your age. Now, I think letting your hair go gray is now becoming trendy. But I just want to say this is my natural hair color. And I don't do I haven't done any facial surgery. This is just me naturally. And I just believe if we don't fear getting old and we embrace the good times and realize some of the statistics, I heard that only 3% of the senior population are in nursing homes. Only 3%. But we have this image that when you get to this certain age, you're going to have to go into a nursing home. I mean, there are a lot of statistics. I would just say, go to the website, This Chair Rocks, and you'll learn a lot about ageism. Okay. Thank you for that resource and for just putting this issue in my mind and the minds of our listeners now. And I think I would just add one tip that we can thrive at any age, and that probably should be part of our list of things to do, that we're maintaining a level of wellness and well-being that never ends, that doesn't have to end, that doesn't have to go on the decline just because our age numbers are on the rise. Well, I read that there's five things to thrive in aging. Diet, sleep, exercise, community, and number five is the most important. Find a purpose. And that's what the Gaga Sisterhood has done for me. Beautiful. So everyone, you can tell how Donnie is a font of pieces of wisdom that are really going to help you in your actual day-to-day life and in your life with your children, family, adult grandparents. So go look her up on her website, follow her, join the sisterhood if it's right for you. And now I'm going to shift to another topic. You had asked to talk about the experience of the loss of your husband three years ago. And I would love for you to share about him and about what you've learned about yourself since he's been away. Thank you. Thank you for that opportunity. I know he would be super proud of me in the three years that he's been gone. I met him when I was 21 and fell madly in love and actually kind of um, stalked him (laughs) in a very funny way. I told him I was a bridge teacher and I wasn't. And then I went to his, his bridge lessons and I stood in the doorway and the teacher invited me to come into the class and there was only one seat available and it was across from him. So from that point on, we were in love and we got married six months later 
and we were together for 50 wonderful years. He was my cheerleader, my sounding board. He always was saying, come on, Donnie, you can do a little bit more. You can step out of that comfort zone. And um, he had a kidney transplant and uh, the side effects from the kidney transplant really weakened his immune system. So he had some poor health towards the end of his life. And so I knew he was dying. And one of our last conversations before he died, I started to cry. And I said, I don't know how I'm going to live without you. I was so afraid of living alone because I'd never lived alone in my life. And he said, Donnie, you love life too much. You're going to be fine. And after he died, I was with him when he took his last breath. Um, I got a grief counselor and we worked. I still meet with her. And she came to my house every Friday and I just totally embraced my grief wholeheartedly. I went to grief support groups. I read books. I went to retreats and I just immersed myself in my grief. And slowly but surely, I started to feel some joy again. I realized I kind of like living alone. I miss him terribly. And I miss just being able to talk about all the wonderful things that have happened. But I feel really proud of myself because I've become even more independent. We used to have a relationship that was independent, interdependent, and dependent. And the things that I depended on him were technology a lot. <laughs> like today when I couldn't get on the call because I didn't have Chrome. <laughs> but yeah, so I just... I'm I'm happy that I've learned to thrive without him by my side. And it's great that he ended up being right that he knew that you would be fine after his passing because you love life. It's very clear to me that you've got a lot of life to share. And I think my experience of talking with you and getting to know you and being with you is that you're about bonds. You're about the bonds between people, which is, I don't know if there's anything more life, pro-life, pro-living than that. And you're really good at this stuff. So thank you for coming on the show and showing us that and being an inspiration in that particular area of our existences. So can you share with us some final words about your advice for making time for success, since that's the big theme of this show. Well, let me just say one real quick thing. It's interesting you said bond, because the tagline of the Gaga sisterhood is where grandmas bond, brag, and benefit. Love it. Okay, so I have to say that I procrastinated a long time in starting the Gaga Sisterhood because I was afraid of success. I was afraid of rejection. And I just was afraid to take that step. But I have learned 
that what's the worst that can happen if you don't try something? And so I've just, just like what, when I wrote to you, I said, you know, I'd like to be on your show. We didn't know each other, but I thought, well, what's the worst that could happen? And look what we made, a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think the worst thing that could happen is that nothing happens. So <laughs> that's Donnie's wonderful advice. Take risks, you know? Go for it. Take risks. Live, 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 live. Yes. And... Don't worry so much because we've all got worries, but we all have needs to fulfill, curiosity to pursue, and we have people to support us. Find those people. There are groups all around, not just the sisterhood. There's, I have groups, I'm in groups, you know, there are groups, you're likely a part of groups, even if you don't think of them as groups. So if you're, thinking of something, putting something out that is uniquely you, like Donnie has done, please take the next step. Maybe that's what you take out of this episode with Donnie is that you can do one more step. You could tell your children about it. You could tell your parents about it. You could tell your neighbors about it and go make that idea a reality. Well said. I love it. Thank you so much, Donnie. You've been a font of wisdom and joy today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Christine. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Make Time for Success podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard, you can subscribe to make sure you get notified of upcoming episodes. You can also visit our website, maketimeforsuccesspodcast.com for past episodes, show notes, and all the resources we mentioned on the show. Feel free to connect with me over on Instagram too. You can find me there under the name Procrastination Coach. Send me a DM and let me know what your thoughts are about the episodes you've been listening to. And let me know any topics that you might like me to talk about on the show. I'd love to hear all about how you're making time for success. Talk to you soon.